Hi there and welcome to the Book Realities Podcast, a series of interviews with independently minded authors where we explore their books, their writing techniques, and what made them become a writer in the first place. I'm your host, Ian Hooper, and as well as being an independent author, I also run the Book Reality Experience. And in this episode, we're joined by Celia Strauss and Tina Salvesen. They're the author-illustrator partnership that have brought us the Children's Illustrated series of Bobo and Iris. So thanks very much, Tina Selvesen and Celia Strauss, for joining us tonight. Thank you, Ian. It's a pleasure to be on the show. Thank you, Ian. No worries. So we'll come to you first, Tina. You are the illustrator of the Bobo books. So who are you and where have you come from to get to this point? Have you always been an artist? Is it what you always wanted to do? Yes, I have always been an artist. Of course, I am a mother and a grandmother now as well, but... uh... I've always made things with my hands and um, children's books were things I had never done before. I was, I'm a professional artist and um, also a teacher and have a a degree, master degree in in art education. So uh, COVID came and Celia and I got together and decided to collaborate on the children's book. Very good. Now, when you said that you were going to collaborate with Celia, and we'll come to Celia in a moment, you're down in Miami, Florida, Tina, yeah? Yes. And Celia, you're in Washington, D.C. Yes, I am. I am in Washington, D.C. and have been there for um, decades. So we'll come on to how that collaboration worked for you both. But Celia, have you always been a writer? Yes, I uh, did my uh, master's degree at Georgetown in uh, medieval literature, actually, and started writing for television, public television, National Geographic, uh, Discovery. These were scripts, of course, and then turned to books, young adult books in the late uh, 90s, early 2000, and did a series published, luckily, uh, by Random House uh, called Prayers on My Pillow, um, more prayers on my pillow, another book, and then um, branched out into other multimedia writing, including uh, live concerts, both on the mall and at the John F. Kennedy Center for Public Performing Arts. And it just seemed, as a mother and a grandmother of four, it seemed so logical to want to do a children's book. And I reached out to one of my very, very oldest and dearest friends, Tina to do the illustrations because I knew we could collaborate together as friends and as artists, which we were able to do, uh, to illustrate these these books. Fantastic. So when you were saying about collaboration there, you're down in Washington, DC, and Tina, you're up or down in Miami, Florida. Um, when Celia came to you, or did you go to Celia? Who was the one that kicked off the idea? And how did you manage the collaboration being separated by that distance and COVID was happening. I had a new granddaughter. I did a book for her, but it's a a long book, alphabet book about just how wonderful she is. And from there I called Celia. I think this is the way it happened, Celia. Correct me if I'm wrong. But I said, you know, I've just done this 
book? Can you look at it? And so she looked at it and then she said, you know, we should really do a book about masking. And from there it went to Bobo because we're both love elephants. So Excellent stuff. So Celia, what is the Bobo book all about? Who's Bobo and what is he or she? Well, we we wanted to do a children's book after we did the mask book, which was an ABC book showing animals wearing masks. We decided together that it was great fun to do uh, books about animals. And um, we've always had a soft spot in our hearts for endangered species. So the idea of doing an elephant um, book seemed logical and appealing and engaging to the two of us. And there's so many elephant sanctuaries uh, that uh, gather orphaned elephants and uh, elephants who've been wounded or, or in some way in danger um, and put them in a safe place. So we decided to do this series featuring a baby elephant, uh, Bobo, in Kenya, who is orphaned by poachers, and parallel that with this um, a, another storyline, which is him maturing as a toddler and a young child. So together we came up with this um, idea of a series of Bobo and his mentor, very, very much like Charlotte's Web, where we have Wilbur the pig and Charlotte the spider. This is Bobo the baby elephant and Iris an egret uh, bird that uh, is has a, a relationship as egrets do with elephants living on the bugs on his skin. And you've brought two of these books out so far. So Bobo finds a friend, Bobo meets new friends. How many books are planned in the series, Tina? Well, we're on the third. Let's see how the third does. And there are plenty of ideas and we've got ideas for nine books at least. But uh, we'll, you know, we'll, Take it one book at a time. Yeah, because COVID hasn't helped because with children's illustrated books, an awful lot of the effort into getting the word out about them is done by illustrators and authors going to kindergartens or going to libraries or primary school level or elementary schools in the US to actually do readings with the children. And that hasn't really been possible, has it, Celia? No, sadly, COVID has now, now in Washington, um, libraries are opening up and bookstores and readings are happening again. But uh, when we first started this series with you, uh, it was impossible to do any kind of live readings. Um, so we're hoping that, that there'll be uh, more opportunities going forward. The other thing is, of course, that when you're doing readings in public libraries, etc., it also helps when your name's known. And it just so happens that you're actually a writer of Emmy award-winning PBS shows, aren't you, Celia? Uh, yes, but <laughs> I'm, and that, I guess that does help. But once again, it's still necessary to get these charming children's books into the libraries, into the bookstores, into the schools, and get wrangle invitations to come read these uh, the the book to a a class and and they're targeted for I would say four year olds up to self readers. There, it's a book that could be read as a bedtime story by a family member 
or a seven or eight year old by his or herself. Tina, have you found collaborating to be easy with Celia? Does she just write the words and you automatically come up with the images? Or do you have to wrangle, as Celia used that word, do you have to wrangle the idea um, to make it fit? How does that work? I have no problem with Celia and I work so easily together because we both don't I, I think it has a lot to do with we both don't have the, the kind of ego that puts their, you know, that just says, no, I'm going to do it this way and I'm not listening to you. We have none of that. So if Celia, if I look at the script and I say, I've got to take this out because visually I can do it. Zug says, go ahead, do it. Just don't worry about it. Just do it. Just send me new text. So I go through the text and if she says something like, Bobo hung up his red blanket. I, I take that out because that's a visual thing. You know, that's something I can show without having words. And one of our goals is to have as few words as possible to really have have words that are important that convey meaning. Like in the new book, number three, it's about how he learns to share. It's not just about endangered elephants and the sanctuaries and the importance of supporting those but they also have to be fun and engaging with the graphic elements for children but they also have to an underlying message. Each book um, follows two parallel themes. One is the the experience of a baby of an elephant, in this case a, a child elephant living on a sanctuary and learning um, how to fit in with a new herd uh, because elephants are very family-oriented. And um, needless to say, Tina and I did a lot of research on elephants before we started this series. And the second is a, a story of different de developmental steps that a toddler or a young child takes. So the first book was about loss and dealing with loneliness, as Bobo lost his mother. Um, the second book is finding... Um, and the first book also is Finding Trust Again with uh, the introduction of Iris as a new friend, the egret. The second book is how to join a, um, how to make friends, how to cooperate and get over the fear of making new friends. And the third book, which is, I think, in some respects, a culmination of the other two, is learning to share, which is sharing, cooperating with others, exchanging toys, is a big part of growing up when you're a little kiddo. And Bobo has a treasured red blanket and has to learn how to share that blanket with another little elephant, with the help, of course, as always, uh, um, the egret, um, Iris, who lives on his head. And uh, to Tina's point about cooperating, we really throw ideas back and forth. I give her a rough draft. She sends me a storyboard. If there's, there are words or sentences that aren't appropriate, it's, as I say, for every word, there's another word. So it's, it's actually easier for me as the writer to change words than it, it, illustration is a time-consuming long drawn out process. So uh, we cooperate in order to keep the book, as she said, as succinct as possible in terms of words. 
I might say that writing a children's book we've learned and keeping the words at a minimum, almost haiku uh, approach, a poetic approach, is is a, is an interesting challenge. So have you found as well, Tina, that it's difficult or is there a difficulty in illustrating things to be sensitive to the fact that you're trying to illustrate a, an elephant and an egret, but actually you're trying to illustrate human uh, traits and things that you need to get across in a manner that a toddler can grasp, even just by looking at the pictures? Well, one thing, I try to be true to the elephant's physique. I don't give him hands, but I try to, still he has a, a smile. He can have a smile, even though elephants, you never know if they're really smiling. You can't know, but you have to convey some kind of an emotion. And through his gait, through the way he moves his feet when he walks and his head up or down or the trunk up or down or underneath or him, that all conveys meaning. So what's been your favorite part of doing the whole books so far, Tina? The initial drawing of the books, because, uh, you know, I, I have to add, it's more of a creative process to me than when I have to put them in Photoshop and reorganize them. I find that gets exhausting after a while. So you're much more about the creativity side of things than the technical aspects of publication design, etc. Well, I do both, obviously. Uh, but uh, yeah, I prefer if, if I could get someone to do the other part, I'd get them. <laughs> and have you gone out to do readings, Tina, recently? You've been to some schools in the Florida area or, or libraries? Yes, I have. I've been to uh, my old school. I grew up in Miami, so I went to Cushman School, which was my school when I was a toddler, and I read to about 300 kids. And how did that go? It went great. You know, the interesting thing is the, the kids I got the most um, reaction from, good, you know, interested reaction, were the older kids. Interesting. Yeah, very interesting to me. I was really shocked. I thought the three-year-olds and the four-year-olds would be all over it. Well, they liked it and they were, but the fifth and sixth graders, I swear I didn't expect, I thought, why am I reading to, you know, it gets, starts to get a little sophisticated. They loved it. They Fantastic. were just all over it. And uh, apparently I'm going to the library in Miami Shores um, and read to them. And I am looking uh, for several bookstores in Miami to take the book. And Celia, have you been able to go out and read um, to anybody just yet? Or is Washington, D.C. still locked down? Yeah, still. Um, they will be opening up the schools this fall. And I started reaching out to the schools. Um, the book is featured at a, um, a well-known independent bookstore called Politics and Prose in Washington and uh, they've said I definitely come fall, I'll be able to read one of the books uh, there in their children's department. So I'm just sort of on hiatus until the school semester starts again. Fantastic. So apart from Bobo 3, 
what's also in the future coming up between now and Christmas creativity-wise, Tina? Uh, well, I'm, I'm going to wait and see. I've been uh, working on new paintings, just personal things that are different, and working on a new show with some other artists in the Miami area that has nothing to do with children, you know, with books. And will this uh, be an art exhibition with multiple artists taking part? Probably, yes. Fantastic. Well, we'll look forward to seeing about that. And Celia, for yourself, um, after Bobo 3 or what else is going on? Do you have other TV projects going? I do. I do. Um, I've got a... Um, a uh, YouTube series, uh, Ukrainian Kids Speak Out, which is a an interview Zoom series with children um, who've experienced war in Ukraine, uh, talking with a, a, a dear friend and another partner of mine, Barbara Harrison, who was a news anchor at NBC. And we did a series called Kids Speak Out that was a global Zoom during the pandemic. So we've just started working with Ukrainian children on that series, which we think will be quite powerful. And then I'm always writing. I'm outlining Bobo Book Four and have a couple other books up my sleeve. And so there's always plenty to do. And one of the books that you've written in the past that we haven't touched on yet, you you took your father's memoirs or your father's war memoirs? I, I did. My father was a, a B-17 pilot during World War II and uh, actually quite heroic. He enlisted, as so many young men did, on Pearl Harbor, the day after Pearl Harbor, and was found himself flying uh, missions from England over the channel to Germany by the time he was 20 and was a pilot. And what he was was he was a Pathfinder pilot, meaning that he, using British radar, led fights of, at one time, 800 B-17s over, um, over Berlin. So I took his notes and his, um, all of his debriefings and worked with him. He died a couple of years ago, but at the time he was still lucid and able to remember things and worked with him to create a memoir that was published by Casemate, a large military publisher in the UK and the United States called Pathfinder Pioneer, which is still selling. Just from my own perspective, do you remember what base he majorly flew from in the UK? He flew from Alconbury. Isn't it a small world? Because I served less than five miles away from Alconbury for a long time and used to go up to Alconbury on a probably weekly basis and then served at Molesworth, actually on Molesworth, which was Alconbury's sister airfield. Um, isn't it a small Amazing. little world? Well, the 8th Air Force and the 428th Wing Squadron was uh, based in Alconbury and he was there for almost two years, flying mission after mission. And certainly while the missions were scary and and in the beginning 50 percent of the planes were shot down because they didn't even have fighter escorts um he loved the english countryside and trips to london and so forth See, we would we would have drunk in the same pubs now we'll move this on slightly tina with regards to your art whether it's for bobo or for anything else what's the best feedback you've ever received for your artwork 
Well, I've, I've, I've won a lot of awards over the years. I guess you could say that was, you know, best in show or uh, an award of, a, of money or in another show. Um, being picked for certain exclusive shows that, you know, were very difficult to get into, that kind of thing. Very good. Um, and Celia, your best feedback for writing? Gosh, let me think. Well, I received a couple Emmys for um, uh, the National Memorial Day concert that I wrote. And Emmy's a pretty big deal in, in the United States. And then um, uh, actually this Kids Speak Out, not the Ukrainian one, but the first one was nominated for an Emmy last year. We didn't win, but that was a, a plus. And um, I've gotten a lot of um, what they call cine awards for uh, PBS educational series and that sort of thing. So uh, just, you know, um, when you're a working writer or as Tina, and uh, a working artist, and that's what you do, that's your profession and always has been. I think collecting um, awards or recognition if you're lucky, uh, comes with the territory and it just happens. Very good. Well, congratulations to both of you. Thanks ever so much for joining us for what is a little short interview. But before we leave, if you're up for it, we've taken a bunch of questionnaires, amalgamated them with our own ideas. So we've got some quick fire questions if you want to take part. Sure. So artist and author Tina Salveson and author Celia Strauss, if you're ready, what is your favorite book? I like uh, a lot of mysteries. I like the books by the Norwegian author. Um, let me get back to you on his name. The Harry Hole series. Celia. Children's book, I would say Winnie the Pooh. My children loved it and um, quotes, I use quotes from it. And it just is, to me, the most brilliantly written children's book. For um, an adult book, I, ha I have several. One that comes to mind is Hope in the Unseen, which is the story of an African-American high schooler in um, uh, a poor section of Washington, DC. Least favorite book? I can't think of anything that I really dislike. Tina? Uh, anything that's poorly written. Fair enough. <laughs> what turns you on? What excites you? Art. Beauty. Oh, create. Uh, first of all, my, my grandchildren, my children, um, creating for them and cre creating. Cre uh, in Being in the zone of writing, whether it's uh, poetry or prose. In the opposite way, what turns you off, Celia? Cooking. Anything that is... Um... Poorly done, without thought or reason. Summer or winter? Winter. W winter, I guess, yeah. And Celia, on a completely free day to do anything you want, who who do you spend it with? Oh, my, my children and grandchildren, for sure. Tina? Uh, yes, I would like to spend it with my children, but that's not possible at the moment, so myself very good and tina mountains or oceans oceans celia 
oceans. And Celia, what's your favorite movie? The uh, Casablanca. Tina? Uh, Vertigo by Alfred Hitchcock, or a lot of the Alfred Hitchcocks. I've seen every single one, so. But Vertigo seems to be my favorite. Very good. And one song to listen to for the rest of your life, Tina? Probably something by Bach. Celia? Probably one of the songs from the, of the Beatles, and there, there are so many, but definitely Long and Winding Road. I guess that would be it. And who makes you laugh the most? Oh, my, my, child, my children. Tina? My grandchild. And Tina, what smell do you love? My perfume that I wear. Any named brand? Yes, it's called Fraca. Celia? Ah, Chinatown by Bond. What smell do you hate, Celia? Burnt rubber. Tina? Burnt anything, actually, but that was a very good answer. <laughs> Other than an artist, what profession would you like to have been, Tina? Um, maybe a... I don't think I'd like to be anything else, so I really can't think about that. That's okay. Celia, other than a writer, what would you like to have been? A dancer. A dancer. I took years of ballet and, and um, my career ended, uh, not that I really had a career when I had an automobile accident. And, um, a dancer of any kind would have been my next choice. Very good. And what profession would you not like to have done, Celia? Uh, a, uh, an accountant. Tina? Ditto. <laughs> An accountant. <laughs> oh, gosh. And finally, Tina first and then Celia, if heaven exists, what do you want God to say when you get there? Uh, I just don't want him to say anything. I think I just want him to be there. Celia? He or she would say, welcome to who you are. Well, listen, thank you ever so much for joining us this evening. Uh, I know you've taken out time of a very busy schedule. Look forward to seeing Bobo 3. And you never know, we also might look forward to seeing Bobo 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 and 9. So thanks for now. All the best. Thank you. Thank you, Ian. Bye, Ian. Thank you. Hey, thanks for listening to this latest episode of Book Realities, our interviews with author series. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and turn your notifications on so that you never miss any content updates from us. If you liked this episode, leave us a rating or a review as it really helps the podcast's visibility, as does passing the pod on to any writers or author friends that you may have who you know will be interested in it. For now, come and find us on social media and join our exclusive mailing list at www.bookreality.com. For now, have yourself a great week and we'll see you in the next episode. Bye for now.